You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another special report here on Legal Talk Network. My name is Alan Pierce. I practice workers' comp law at the law firm of Pierce, Pierce, and Napolitano in Salem, Massachusetts. However, today's show is being recorded on location at the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group Conference, otherwise known as WILIG, here in Santa Barbara, California. Joining me today are two special guests, Stephen Birnbaum, who is an attorney who has offices both in California and in Hawaii, and Amy Peters, who is in Seattle. Both of my guests concentrate on longshore and harbor workers' law. And I want to welcome you both to uh, Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. Good to be here, Alan. Thank Tell us you. a little bit about where your uh, offices are and uh, what the focus of your practices are. Well, I have been in uh, San Rafael, California uh, now for almost 10 years. And uh, in Honolulu, since 2003 in Hawaii, I first started practicing in 1995. And I really exclusively uh, handle longshore and harbor workers, Defense Base Act, and non-appropriated funds. My uh, state uh, workers' compensation practice has been uh, de minimis for many years now. So that's my concentration. How about you, Amy? Well, I'm only handling Longshore and Defense Base Act cases right now, um, and I handle them all over the greater Pacific Northwest, and I'm happy to help any number of workers up in the Seattle area. And you folks are both active with Willig, and you're here at this conference to talk about really what might be happening in Washington, D.C., as far as legislation is concerned. So why don't you give us an overview of uh, what the current status is of uh, legislation that's affecting your practice and, more importantly, affecting your clients? Well, it's uh, legislation and administrative actions. Our practice is governed by the Department of Labor, the U.S. Department of Labor, the Secretary of Labor, Perez. And what's been happening with uh, our Longshore, all the cases under the Longshore Act, is that we've experiencing, we've been experiencing over the past, oh, I don't know, 10, uh, 15 years, continuous budget cuts just like uh, all federal programs, but even more so in the Department of Labor in this particular uh, uh, department. And so we've been dealing with uh, delays on cases being set, uh, delays on cases being tried, and delays on decisions. And these are people that are in need of benefits, and they aren't getting their benefits, so it is the uh, clearest example of uh, justice delayed is justice denied. So, Amy, what what are folks doing, such as yourself, advocates for injured workers who cannot get timely justice, never mind justice itself, uh, legislatively or otherwise? Well, we've taken a two-pronged approach. The first prong is we're actually working with Congress to try to get line items in the budget. We were successful this year in getting the president to add a $2 million line item budget. Um, the Department of Labor's Office of Administrative Law Judges say they need about $10 million to get out of the budget, but this is a good start. Additionally, we are working with the U.S. Department of Labor to try to get the U.S. Department of Labor to reallocate resources within the department so that they're giving more money to these programs that are very much underfunded. And um, what is, where is the primary hit being taken? Is it at the level of the adjudicators, the administrative law judges? Does it go beyond that? Well, 
there are two levels in uh, in a longshore case. One level is with the what's called the OWCP, the Office of Workers' Compensation Programs. This is supposed to be the level where informal resolutions occur. And the second level is with the OALJ of the Office of Administrative Law Judges. They're all funded through the same DOL. They are all funded by. They are all allotted funding by the DOL. Of course, Congress funds them. So both levels are suffering. Both levels have had staff cuts, but we're concentrating more on the OALJ level because of the of the tremendous delays and the backlog in cases at this present time, the backlog in cases before those judges is reaching 15,000. That's not even considering what's coming into the process. Judges have been, the numbers of judges have been cut significantly over the past 10, 15 years from approximately 60 or 70 to the present day number of 31. Wow. Now these are 15,000 pending cases awaiting hearing, awaiting decision, or a combination? Those are awaiting decision at this point. You mean these cases have been tried? That's right. And you haven't got a decision. That's correct. And the decision has to come, obviously, from the judge who tried it. That's right. Some of these judges aren't going to live or practice or sit long enough to make those determinations. I don't even know if I'll be around. What's going to happen? (laughs) Well, I mean, as Amy was saying, uh, the only solution to this is funding. The only solution to this is to bring up the levels of funding enough to handle these cases. And that, in turn, is uh, requiring more judges at least to a level that was previous to, to, to a point that we had now. It also requires a lot of level of staffing for these uh, judges. And a lot of people don't realize uh, you know, most of uh, your, your employees that are injured on longshore cases are people working around the waterways and, and, and ships and, and um, things like that. But you mentioned DBA, which is Defense Base Act cases. And these, you can explain who these claimants are. These aren't people working here, but these are people working where for and doing what for us. They're primarily individuals who are working overseas as independent contractors. Um, Listeners may know Halliburton or KBR. Those types of independent contractors are actually covered under federal workers' compensation and are entitled to benefits. Additionally, foreign nationals who are working under U.S. contracts can also receive some benefits under this statute. These are people in the Middle East where there is conflict and has been and will be conflict. These are people getting hurt. And uh, they're not veterans or members of the armed forces where they will get Veterans Administration benefits. They rely on? They rely on the DBA. And, and, and what's really uh, astounding is that uh, it was calculated that there are actually more contractors in these uh, war areas than there are American soldiers, especially since the, the troops came home from Iraq. At one point, and it may still be true, there were 188,000 uh, military contractors in the war zones. So these, these are individuals who are getting injured either in combat or just by happening of accidents because you're working, you're building facilities, you're maintaining facilities, and you've got wives and children Correct. or husbands and children back here. Right, and it doesn't seem to be uh, something, a problem that's going to go away. In fact, it, it is a problem that probably will increase in numbers. This is this a partisan issue in Congress? Do you know... I don't think it is a partisan issue in Congress. There's concerns with how these workers are getting their benefits. And recently, well, for the last couple of years, there's been some legislation um, proposed to take this out of 
private insurance and into federal insurance. And so basically the federal government would be a first-party payer for and, these cases. And I, there are probably some pros and cons to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think you can, you can call it partisan, but you know, Washington... If you can get an advantage out of any issue, then one side will take it up. So is there anything currently pending? Is there a bill? Is there an an initiative that uh, uh, needs some active um, support, lobbying, or Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right now, we are also uh, working with black lung attorneys. And the reason for that is that the uh, Office of Administrative Law Judges uh, administers both Longshore and Black Lung. And those Black Lung attorneys have enlisted the aid, along with us, of Senator Casey of Pennsylvania, who currently is the chair of the Subcommittee on Workforce Protection. And uh, they have introduced, the, uh, as Amy said, the uh, raise in the budget. There have been letters that have been written to the administration. And we are currently working on having legislators uh, sign up to sign these letters and to help us actively with uh, uh, adding to the budget. And basically what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a bipartisan coalition to encourage the Congress to allocate specific funds to the OALJ and make sure that these judges have money so they can hear these cases. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're come to the end of our time today. I want to thank both Steve Birnbaum and Amy Peters for joining us and educating us on this issue, even just really scratching the surface. Steve or Amy, if people want some further information, how could they contact you? Well, I think that if you go to the uh, Willig website, uh, all kinds of information is on that, and uh, they can contact through through the executive offices of Willig. That's W-I-L-G dot org? That's right. Okay. If anybody has any specific questions, they can feel free to contact me at amy, A-M-I-E, at bluewaterlegal.com as well. Well, again, thank you both for joining us. This has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Alan Pierce. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.